Okay, a couple of things just while we're settling. Um, Mary Mooney and her whole family have the vomiting bug in her house. Hence, there's a big gap in the middle, which is good, because otherwise there's been buckets all over the place in the middle, which wouldn't have been good. Um, so they're not well. You might remember them during the week when you're praying. And also, um, for those who don't know Sergei, this is Sergei from Belarus, as he says, he introduces. But he is... Um, Sergei qualified as an electrician in Belarus, but his thing hasn't been recognized here yet. But he's been doing a lot of work in the last while, getting his papers translated and getting them all recognized. So now on Monday and Tuesday, he has to do a course and an exam at the end of it. And if that passes, Ushin, would you do me a favor and have a look at that thing? Um, if he passes, he will be qualified as an Irish electrician, isn't that right? So, so I want to ask you to keep him. Um, he has a challenge, and it's not that he doesn't know what he's doing work-wise, but the exam is in English. And Sergei's first language is Russian, not English. But he's doing amazing in English, and he can write and talk and all the rest of it. But I would be scared, and we would doing that exam in my own language, never mind in something else. So I just want to ask you to remember him on Monday and Tuesday, um, and pray that he does it, and then that he gets a job, and he's able to get a visa, and then he's able to give us all loads of money, because he'd be rich, because he'd be an electrician. Yeah? Because electricians make a fortune, don't they? Everyone knows that. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Um, I had a sermon for this morning, and I think I might get to do some of it, but I don't, I'm not going to get to do all of it. But um, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, when we started the new year, and I said to you that uh, I had got a word, I had been doing this um, process, I suppose, for the last number of years, about, and I'd heard it in a teacher, and I can't even remember the man's name at the minute, John, I think his first name was, but, um, and it was about rather than making loads of resolutions to get one word for the year. And two years ago, I had been presence or intimacy, and last year it was presence or intimacy, I can't remember mixing the two of them up. But this year it was challenge, I don't know if you remember or not. And I said, uh, I had personally taken on a challenge that I was doing the Masters, and then I was doing, and I'm going to do this um, Four Peaks Challenge in the summer with my son. Um, for which, can I just say, I have started walking this week, probably about two months late, but I have started walking this week. So we're good to go, yeah. Thank you, take a bow for that one, okay. It's here to imagine I actually walked. I left the car behind and walked somewhere. Like, that's, that's serious, okay. So, the challenge does not stop, okay? The challenges do not stop, and we have been handed another challenge, and we've been handed a challenge as a church because uh, a very short little while ago, I have got a letter from a solicitor with a notice that we need to quit this building on the 1st of May. Okay? So we came in here on a 18-month lease. And for those of you who don't know the history, I'm not going to go into it all now. We had an opportunity to get this building for ourselves. It fell through. It didn't happen. We ended up losing it, thinking that we had lost it. It was gone. And then through a series of events, some of them really underhanded some people trying to do something really underhanded and pulling us into it, but it opened up a different door, and, and any, anyway, we ended up getting a legit lease on the building for, and it was literally only for 18 months, that was the lease that we, we signed, and that was in November 2015, so three and a half years ago, or three years and a bit ago. Um, but I have, at this moment in time, got a letter telling me that we have to leave this building on the 1st of May. Now, we have been in negotiation with them since we got the letter. Um, 
We've been chatting to him. We've been trying to figure things out with him and seeing if there's any possibilities of doing different things. Uh, we rent a part of this building at the moment. And just like could be upfront with you, what we do is we pay them 25 grand a year for the piece of the building we rent. They have been offered 150,000 a year for the building. We can't kind of compete with that. So besides praying for all of them people to just go bankrupt and not pay them any money and something else, and God, we believe in a God of miracles. And I want to tell you something that we wouldn't be in this building if it wasn't for a miracle. Um, and if God wants us here, we will be here. And if God wants to move us, he can move us. He's God. When we left St. Mark's 10 years ago this year to come and plant a church in Crumlin and start a church in Crumlin, the word that the Lord gave us is from Exodus, and it's when Moses was leading the people of Israel, and he had led them out of, out of Egypt, out of bondage, and he was leading them in the desert. And they were setting up camp, and they set up camp, and it was an elaborate thing to set up camp. It wasn't like just, let's pitch a tent. This was a, a couple of weeks' work to set up tent, to set up camp, to set up the the temple and everything else. It was all portable. And they stayed there as long as the cloud of God stayed there. There was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when God wanted them to move, he lifted the pillar and it moved. And when we left Mark's, that was, that was the word and it was the, the picture that God gave us to move. And it was that the, the cloud had moved from where we were. And over the last 10 years, that cloud has moved several times. It moved us into St. Mary's. It moved us out of St. Mary's. It moved us into the place in the village. It moved us out of there. It's moved us in several different things in our life over the time. But what I want to say to you is I have no sense of that cloud moving at this minute in time. I don't have that sense. And I'm not telling you, and I don't have a specific word from God saying that we will or we won't. What I do have is a word from God saying, trust me. And trusting somebody with a problem that you can handle isn't trusting them. If this was a problem that we could solve, I wouldn't even be speaking to you about it because we would have solved it. I would have come at some stage and gone, oh, by the way, bloody blah. Just like when the heating was broke or when the plumbing was gone or something. I didn't bother calling everybody and saying, will you pray? We need to fix the plumbing. We just got a plumber and fixed it. This one we need, God. And we have an opportunity as a body to believe him and to trust him and to believe he has a plan for us. Whether that plan involves this building or not is actually not as important as it may seem right at this moment in time. His plan is about building people's lives. His church is not a building, it's a body of people. You are the church. I want you at this second, just look around this room at the faces in this room. Just look at each other. You mightn't like looking at some of them, and if you came with someone, you might want to look at them, but that's okay. Look around this room. That's the church that you're looking at. This is not the church. This is a beautiful room, and it's a chapel, but it is not the church. You're the church. We're the church. And Jesus said he will build his church, and the gates of hell won't stop it. And the gates of hell won't stop this. And a landlord won't stop this. And nobody else will. And if we're not going to be here, we will be somewhere. And if you're asking me right now in your head, has he got a plan B? I'm going to tell you, no. 
I have one plan. Jesus has to come true. Because I have no option. I don't have any little secret thing up my sleeve. I have a faith that I follow a God who can work miracles. And he has worked miracles. And he will continue to work miracles. And we talked about this, I think, even at Alpha the other night. Sometimes we ask God for stuff, and we think he didn't answer our prayers. It wasn't that he didn't answer our prayers. He just didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. I didn't want this letter. I prayed this day would never come, but it's here. I still follow a God who answers prayer. So I want to invite you to pray with us. And not pray for God to help us escape having to go through a hard time. But pray for God to give us wisdom and give us grace to go through whatever we have to go through. Give us grace to stand up with each other and for each other and to hold each other. I'll give you grace to run if this is your time to run because things just might get a bit sticky for a while. It might not be as easy and as handy as it has been. But that will be the choices that will face all of us. And you know, the... There's two scriptures that came to me this morning when we were in worship. And I just want to read them to you. And then, and then I think I will try and do a bit of a Matthew. Um, and they're in Psalm 18. And it says this. It says, The Lord is my rock. Actually, it starts with, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. And the cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice. And my cry came before him into his ears. And if you skip on now to verse 33, it says, For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a hind in high places. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle and my arms can bend the bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. And you stoop down to make me great. That's the God that we follow. It's the God that we worship. It's the God that we declare in the good times. But you know what? If we can't declare them in the bad times, then there ain't. There ain't anything worth shouting about in the good times. He's the same God. He's the same God who got us in here. He's the same God who got us all together. None of you would be sitting here but for God. I wouldn't be standing here but for God. That's the reality of it. And the God who called me into a relationship with him 30 years ago is the same God who calls us today to go deeper with him. To go, this is the chance to step into something new with God. To learn to trust. A miracle isn't something you can solve yourself. A miracle is when you can't do it. Isn't that true? 
We need the miracle. So let's pray for the miracle. Right now we are in the book of Matthew 5. And we've been looking at this over the last two weeks. And we looked at the Beatitudes in the last week. God, my brain's gone. I can't remember what we talked about last week. That's really bad, isn't it? And I expect you to remember. What did I talk about last week? What? Salt. Salt and light. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was just a test. I really knew. I was only saying that. Anyways, um, this week is all the fun stuff. It's like divorce and adultery and murder and all that kind of stuff. It's really great. Do you know what I mean? So, but I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna skip a load of it, right? Because here's the bit. And, and I was genuinely thinking about how would I cover this week, this week? How would I cover this piece? Because it's not, it's not the easy, happy, clappy stuff that you can like jig everyone up with. In this, Jesus says this a couple of times. You have heard it was said, but I say. So what he's saying is, you've heard it was said at this level. But you know what? I'm telling you, the level is totally different to that. When it came to murder, he said, you've heard that it was said, don't murder anybody. But I'm telling you, if you, if you call them stupid in your heart, that you're as good as murdering them. You've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I'm telling you, if you look at a woman, or a man, for that matter, with lust in your heart, then you might as well have committed adultery with them. You've heard that it said, if you, if you, if you do this, but I say. He'd done the same when it came to money. He said, you've heard to give 10%, but I say give everything. He always brought it to another level. He always brought it to another level, and he'd done the same with this. And here's the bit I think I, I, want, I want us to get, and I really believe God wants us to get out of this. That when he said, I want you to go to another level, what he actually meant was he was going to bring you to another level. And he was going to make it possible for you and me to go to a different level. That we can sit and live in a world where everyone else thinks it's okay just not to throw stones at people. But it is okay to rip them apart with their tongues. Or it is okay to say stuff about them. Or it's not okay to go running off on my wife, but it is okay to sit on the internet all night looking at porn. Or it's not okay to rob someone, but it is okay to fiddle me taxes. That he calls us to a higher level. And he calls us to that because it's the best place for us to be. And he calls us to that because he will empower us to live there. And he lived a life of pouring grace out onto people. When he walked this planet, all he did was pour grace. He lashed the religious people over. But when it came to ordinary people like us, he done nothing but pour grace out on us. He done nothing but go, there is a better way. And I will show you that way. And I will be that way for you. And I will bring you. I'm going to watch a video for two minutes and then I'll finish talking. I think there's lots of people who have the stones ready to throw. And sometimes then people are us. Sometimes it's easy to look at somebody who's got it wrong and go, they're this or they're that or they're the other. They robbed something. They messed up. They said the wrong thing. Did the wrong thing. Ran off on their missus or ran off on their husband or got divorced or got or go around eating the back out of people. And I'm not saying any of that is okay. 
What I am saying is grace. I am saying that Jesus came to set us free. That Jesus came to give us a different way. This is not in Matthew, it's from Luke. It says in Luke 4, 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. This is Jesus when he came into the temple. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blinds, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And that sounds lovely, but actually when you realize what he did, it's extremely powerful. Because if you look at Isaiah and the piece that he quoted, he stopped before the end. Because the very last verse in Isaiah says, and the day of the vengeance of our God. And the vengeance of our God is designed or is there to be poured out on those who are God-haters, who don't believe, who are sinners, whatever word you want to use on it. But when Jesus came, he came to step into that place. He came to take the vengeance. He came to be the place where the vengeance stopped so that we could live in the favor. So if you're in this room today and you, you look through the list because in, in Matthew it says, you've heard it was said long ago, you're, you're not to murder and if anyone who murders will be subject to judgment, there's the vengeance of our God. But I tell you that anyone who's angry with a brother or a sister is subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or a sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, is in danger of the fire of hell. There is the vengeance of our God. And if you looked up that word Raka, it has a connotation that you're calling people a nobody. That they're less than. And here's the thing. We have probably all at some stage been called less than by others. But we're probably all guilty too of calling other people less than. And then it goes on and says, if you're offering your guilt at the altar and they remember that someone has something against you, leave your gift there and go and be reconciled to them and come and offer your gift. Your gift. Jesus was asked later in Matthew, what were the greatest commandments? And he said, love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And in Romans it tells us to live at peace as far as it depends on you. And that's what that's talking about. If there's somebody who has something against you, don't wait on them. Make the first move. Do you know what that does? It's not going to get you into heaven or out of heaven. It's not going to get you into hell or out of hell. But what it will do is free your soul. It will free your soul. He goes on then to talk about adultery. And he goes on to talk about divorce. And here's the thing, all of these things deserve judgment. 
and they all deserve to be found guilty if we've done it. But Jesus came to have a relationship with us. And relationships are not about a list of rules. Relationships are about grace and love. And the easiest thing in the world for you to join is a religion. Because it will tell you what you have to do and what you haven't to do. And you don't have to think and you don't have to try. You just have to do what you're told. And it will rob you of everything that you were created to be. Because you were created to live in freedom. You were created to live in adventure. You were created to live in joy. And you were created to live in love. And you can't have them in a religion. But you can have them in a relationship. And Jesus wants that for each and every one of us. And there's some of you in this room who know Jesus. But you're even struggling with that. But today he wants you to know He'll tear down walls down if you let him. He has no stone He has no stone. All he has is love and acceptance and grace. So I want to ask you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want to ask you to try and ignore the fact that you're in a room with a bunch of other people. And I want to ask you to imagine that that is you in that movie. And you're the person who's been tried up and all the other people are ready to kill you. And here's the thing, maybe you deserve it. Maybe what you've done is awful. Maybe what you've done, you know you should never have done. Maybe what was done on you was awful. Boy, you're in that place now and it's just you and him. Let him speak to your heart. Give him this few seconds and just let him speak to your heart. Let him tell you that he is your rock. He is your salvation. He is your deliverer. He is the lover of your soul. And he is also the Alpha and the Omega. Father, I don't know what's in our hearts in this place. I know what's in mine. Spirit of the living God, come. Meet with the people in this room. Meet with the people in this room. As they invite you into that place of pain or that place of fear, Lord, I pray 
you would hear from your temple in heaven and you would come. And you would enter into that place with them. And you would strengthen them and encourage them. You would heal their hearts, Lord God. You would heal their minds. You would heal their bodies. single day this week. 